This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Congressman Barry Moore is responding to the release this week of documents from the House Oversight Committee that lists all the bank records of the money that was sent to Hunter Biden and other Biden family members. Oligarchs from Russia, Ukraine, and Kazakhstan have sent a total of $20 million to the Biden family while Joe was in the White House as vice president. Oversight Chairman James Comer came out and said clearly that Joe Biden has been lying about his connections to these business deals with Hunter. Moore has also further added to the committee's revelations by tweeting out that Biden dined with these oligarchs and spoke with them on the phone 20 separate times. Moore also lamented the fact that the indictments against Donald Trump are serving as distractions from this story and what it's revealing about Joe Biden. A police investigation into voter fraud in Michigan has some ties to Alabama and former U.S. Senator Doug Jones. The Michigan State Police report was recently obtained by the Gateway Pundit and shows that GBI Strategies was a group working in Michigan in 2020 by submitting tens of thousands of incomplete or invalid voter registrations to various county clerks across that state. GBI Strategies was also hired by Jones for campaign work back in 2018. Jones paid GBI Strategies a total of $1.5 million from his Senate campaign fund. Jones told 1819 News reporter Erica Thomas that he has never heard of this Michigan investigation into GBI and that he didn't think it had anything to do with his campaign. Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer is very aware of this case out of Michigan as well. He spoke about it on Talk 99.5 out of Birmingham with radio host Leland Whaley. And here's the brilliance of their strategy. Uh, One was a very expensive, uh, labor-intensive ballot manufacturing operation. That was one. Two was... um, the ability to get access and to data mine the voter rolls so you can plant the names in the first place. Three was using the mainstream media to give you cover in the very short time frame between the election and certification, between November, whatever, whatever it was, 5th and January the 6th. You got November, December, and just a day or so into January. You got two months and a few days to, to, to keep the fraud up, keep the wolves at bay, get all the cases thrown out of court, and then you got your certification and it's over. It's kind of smart kind of awful too my congressman's on the phone gary palmer's on the phone he just called in didn't know gary was calling hey gary what's up man well i was listening to you talk about michigan and there's one other key aspect about how they were able to to uh, have all those uh, all that ballot stuffing the entire state of michigan is 105 percent registered to vote and 16 counties are over 110 percent registered to vote yeah, That means that they've got 10% more people registered to vote than even live in the county who are eligible to vote. Well, and that's your voter roll story. That's where you've got people yeah. on the rolls that shouldn't be on the rolls. And if you've got access to that, then you know what ballots to produce. It's that's, it's really that simple. You and I have talked about this for decades. That maybe. easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall believes a recent development at a credit rating agency is a harbinger of things to come regarding environmental, social, and government policies, or ESG. ESG scoring is used for corporations to align themselves with social and political goals beyond that of earning a profit for shareholders. 
Marshall responded to the news that S&P Global announced this week that the company will no longer publish new or updated ESG credit indicators. Marshall says the ESG virtue signaling racket is going to crumble even further. He says embracing ESG policies is a rejection of free market principles of capitalism and only a way for economic power to be consolidated into fewer and fewer hands. S&P Global Ratings started publishing their ESG credit indicators for entities that are publicly rated back in 2021. All three men who are facing charges regarding the riverfront brawl in Montgomery have turned themselves into authorities. The men are now identified as 23-year-old Alan Todd, 25-year-old Zachary Shipman, and 48-year-old Richard Roberts. Montgomery police are also asking for Reggie Gray to contact them. Gray was caught on video using a folding chair to assault both men and women on the dock. Some national media outlets have tried to make this brawl either about racism or Trump's visit or both. But based on the testimony coming from the riverboat captain Jim Cottrell, this was all about a bad response by the private pontoon owners who were requested to move their boat so the riverboat could properly dock by the unloading ramp. The riverboat's first mate was then assaulted on the dock after he moved the pontoon and the riverboat crew retaliated once they were able to dock their ship and go protect their co-worker. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, 36 people are now dead in Hawaii as wildfires increase further due to the winds from Hurricane Dora. The town of Lahaina on the island of Maui has been totally scorched, leaving hundreds of people either missing or without homes. At least 271 structures have been confirmed as destroyed. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is ramping up the subpoena powers to bring in the Joe Biden family members regarding the $20 million that have been documented to have been deposited into Biden's bank accounts. That money came from oligarchs in Russia, Ukraine, and Kazakhstan. Comer confirmed his plans while on Fox Business with Maria Bartiromo. Uh, we are going to subpoena the family. I mean, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Biden attorneys now, uh, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Biden. So we're putting together a case. And I think we've done that very well. We've shown the bank records. If I had subpoenaed Joe and Hunter Biden the first day I became chairman of the committee, it would have been tied up in court and the judge would have eventually thrown it out. Because at that time, the narrative was, well, they never took any money while he was vice president. He never had any communication with his business associates. And, uh, you know, the, the, the money never came from China. We've had to go every step of the way and prove the media narrative was wrong and the vice president and the and the current president lied. We have caught Joe Biden in so many lies, I can't even count the number of lies now. Over in the U.S. Senate, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is taking it to Dr. Anthony Fauci for lying to Congress. Paul has contacted the U.S. Attorney for Washington, D.C., Matthew Graves, about Fauci's perjury and talked about it to Fox News. He said adamantly that the government never funded this gain-of-function research. We now have the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, has admitted that the funding came from the NIH. We have the acting director, Tayback, of the NIH admitting it in writing that it came from the NIH. But now we have really the smoking gun, and that is Fauci in private saying the opposite of what he was saying in public. When he was publicly telling me that absolutely we did not fund gain-of-function research in China, he says privately, we are suspicious that the virus has been manipulated, and we are suspicious because we know they are doing gain-of-function research. 
He then goes on to describe the research, and it's exactly the research that the NIH funded. So he's caught dead to rights here, and so they were mixing viruses together to see if they were more transmissible in humans or more dangerous in humans. It turns out they found that they could create viruses that were more dangerous. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin is floating out the idea that he may leave the Democrat Party and become an independent instead. Manchin called both major parties too extreme for his political tastes. Manchin is a Democrat in a state that went heavily for Donald Trump to the tune of a 40-point lead for Trump back in 2020. Manchin also needs to determine if he will run for re-election and plans to make that announcement by the end of this year. An international child sex trafficking ring has been busted up by U.S. and Australian authorities with 79 people arrested so far. Helen Schneider with the Australian Federal Police say that they arrested 19 men and rescued 13 children as a result of this operation in that country. This has been a complex investigation. Members of this network were using encryption and other methods to avoid law enforcement detection whilst they were sharing videos and files of child abuse material. The investigation first started when two FBI agents were shot and killed in Sunrise, Florida, while trying to execute a search warrant at a home. The gunman, David Huber, was also killed in that shooting. He was suspected of possession of child abuse material. The FBI then contacted the Australian authorities following more discovery of this peer-to-peer network of sharing online child abuse material on the dark web. Here's an interview that will give you some food for thought over the weekend. Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes serves on a task force within the Department of Defense. She also had various roles within the Trump administration. Halper-Hayes recently went on Great Britain News talking about the 2020 election, Donald Trump, and the little-known legal status of the United States as a result of a contract made after the Civil War. Now, let me say something about this 2020 election, is that... Biden is the legitimate president, but he's the legitimate president of what is now the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And that was a treaty in 1871. Well, on September 12, 2018, Trump created an executive order. Within that, he outlined in future elections any kind of foreign or domestic interference, specifically for the 2020 election. So we say, How did he know some of these things were going to happen? Election integrity on both sides of the aisle is tough. It's really tough. But what this has done is it's opened the door for Trump to present his case. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? So the fact that Trump can subpoena, people can actually see evidence from both sides, that's a sensible move. Exactly. And, And it's a great mistake by Jack Smith that he's done that. Absolutely great. Think about... Uh, Edward Snowden and all the information he had. Think about the fact that our military, our Department of Defense Space Force, if you think that they don't have the actual real results from the election, then you're fooling yourself. After the interview, Donald Trump posted a link to that video on True Social saying Halper Hayes is fantastic and everyone should go watch her interview. So like I said, there's a lot there as food for thought and maybe even some weekend research material for those who want to go down the rabbit hole. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of The Daily Detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, 
or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about The Daily Detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 